Well, good morning. Welcome again. Glad that you are here and glad that you are with us today. I'm excited about kind of officially starting the Christmas season uh, after Thanksgiving. And uh, just uh, I'm excited about uh, uh, for those of you ladies that were at uh, our house yesterday with the ladies, uh, whatever they call that thing. Is it a brunch? Uh, whatever it was. Uh, I, there were... <laughs> There were like 30 ladies at our house yesterday, and as you can see that our house is all decorated. My wife uh, is kind of the Martha Stewart of Christmas and uh, uh, decorates our house just wonderfully, and I've noticed uh, the traffic at the malls and the people in the malls, all that kind of stuff. So we're kind of full-fledged into the Christmas season. I was thinking uh, this week about uh, just things that we're getting the kids and the grandkids for Christmas this year and kind of all that kind of stuff. I was thinking about uh, this sermon and really the start of this uh, series. We're going to do a four-week series here through Christmas. Uh, responding to God's gift, and uh, then we'll get back and finish the book of Acts. I know some of you are anxious to do that, uh, but uh, I was thinking about uh, a young man who was 16, and he was uh, about a month or so away from Christmas, and, and he just turned 16, got his license, and learned how to drive and everything, and he told his father that he wanted a new car uh, for Christmas, and uh, his father, who was a pastor, by the way, uh, he said, well, son, there's three things you need to do uh, to get a car for Christmas. One, you need to get your grades up. Uh, your grades are kind of struggling a little bit, and it's important for you to keep your grades up, so I want you to get your grades up. Second thing is, I'd really like to see you reading your Bible more often. I uh, see so you don't do that very often anymore, and I'd really like to see you read your Bible. And then, son, uh, number three, you just got to get a haircut, man. It is looking bad, and you've got to get a haircut. Uh, so the boy uh, spent the next few weeks getting closer to Christmas, uh, really working on his grades, uh, reading his Bible more often. He came to his dad and said, hey, Dad, you know, I've, I've been uh, doing the things we've said to, you know, kind of get a new car. I hope, hope you're looking for one. And the father said, well, son, I have noticed you studying a lot more. That's really good. I, I noticed that your grades are getting a lot better. And, and I have noticed you reading your Bible a whole lot more. That's been really exciting. He said, but, uh, but son, I, I, I don't see that you've gotten a haircut. And by the way, your hair has gotten longer. And the young man said, well, uh, Dad, as I've been studying the Bible, I just noticed uh, that Moses and Samson and John the Baptist and Jesus all had long hair. He said, well, well, son, I'm glad you're reading so carefully. He said, I don't know, but did you also notice that none of them had cars? (laughs) So I don't know if there's a direct correlation there, but maybe there is, I don't know. Uh, but listen, I'm, I'm glad to uh, start this series today. Uh, we're going to talk today about uh, uh, one of the ways to respond to God's gift. And today we're going to talk about specifically one way is by accepting. Now, over the next few weeks in our culture, we're going to spend a great deal of time and effort and energy buying and wrapping gifts. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, 10% of our population will actually wait until December 24th to start their Christmas shopping. And 90% of those are men. Thank you, ladies. Yes, 90% of those are men. And 12%, here's the really sad part, 12% of that 90% actually will buy their gifts at a convenience store. So ladies, as you go by Quick Trip, if there's something you really like to have, be sure and let your husbands know, and they'll probably be there on December the 24th to pick up something for you. I hope that's not the case. But before we actually get into the scriptures and see what the Word of God says about this gift, uh, I want us to talk about what a really great gift does. 
uh, because I think sometimes we, we have a tendency, hopefully not in our culture, but in, in our tendency, tendency in our culture is to kind of give a list. Uh, as a child, we, I was taught to you know, make a list for Santa, and, and uh, you know, hopefully those things will be here on Christmas. You know, my parents didn't have very much growing up. Both of them uh, were pretty poor. And uh, uh, they worked hard. God blessed them and uh, blessed them with a lot of material things. And so uh, growing up, we seemed to get more and more and more and more. And uh, then when we had uh, our children, uh, uh, man, they raked it in. In fact, when the kids were a little younger and the gifts were a little bigger, uh, there were a couple of uh, times when we went to my parents' house for Christmas. I literally thought we were going to have to rent a U-Haul just to bring back all of the stuff and buy a bigger home just to put the stuff in. I mean, it was really that bad. Or good, depending on your perspective, of course. Uh, but I want us to think about uh, uh, really great gifts. And there are probably a lot of Christmas gifts you've had over the years that you don't even remember. Some of them you've worn out. Some of them you've thrown away. But there's a few that probably really stick in your mind. There's probably a few that are really memorable. Now, a really great gift does three things. The first thing it does is it reflects the heart of the giver. Now think about this. I can run to the store and, and get a $10 gift for my wife and wrap it up and hand it to her, but that's not going to be a genuine uh, expression of my heart. Uh, most of the gifts that are memorable, most of the gifts that have uh, had lasting power in our lives, and we remember them, we think about them, uh, we cherish those things, they're, they're gifts that came uh, from a deep uh, emotion of the giver, uh, some kind of a deep heartfelt feeling from the giver. The second thing a great gift does is the cost reflects the value placed on the receiver. Now that cost in is, isn't always monetary. Uh, think about uh, uh, times when your children have uh, really spent a lot of thought in a project or in a picture, and they've spent hours uh, gluing toothpicks together or popsicle sticks or, or, or drawn or colored. And they've really put their, their heart and their effort in it and they've really spent some time in it. Uh, now that project or that picture probably couldn't get 50 cents for it at a garage sale, but it's, but it's meaningful because of the investment that they've put in it. Some gifts, there's a really heavy uh, monetary value, but other gifts, it's just a heavy heart value. Uh, but the cost, whatever the cost is, does reflect uh, the value placed on the receiver. The third thing a really great gift does is the gift itself meets a need or want of the receiver. Now, some years, uh, uh, you know, I, I feel like I have just about everything I need, everything that I really want, uh, so I uh, don't give my mother anymore a long list of things, and, and uh, uh, you know, she's going to get me something. Uh, so it may be something I want or need, or it may not be, it's really kind of hard to tell. You know, she's kind of left up to her own ability to find out or figure it out. Uh, but, but a really great gift really meets the need or the want of the receiver. It's something they really value by receiving it. So keep those things in mind as we look today at responding to God's gift uh, by accepting it. And let's start with this point. God gave a precious gift. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. It says, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. 
in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now I want you to see in this verse, the the immediate, the, the, the thing that initiates the gift is God's love. It's God's love. And he says, oh, and by the way, uh, you're not getting this gift because you love God. It's not something he's repaying us for. It's not something that he's returning something for. You ever have those situations where you don't get somebody a gift and they get you one, and all of a sudden you go, oh, my goodness, i got to run out and get one for them because i got to pay them back. Okay? This is God, God's saying, look, I'm not paying you back for anything. I'm just deciding to love you. This whole gift, this whole thing about Christmas, it all starts in the heart of God to love people like us. Let's not ever get the idea that God's really lucky to have me on his team. Let's never get the idea uh, that I'm just really doing God a favor by coming to church and singing to him and worshiping him and giving to him. He's saying, look, this didn't start with you. It started with me because I just love you. I just love you. Look what else the scriptures say. In John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, most of you have heard this verse before. Some of you might have it memorized. And we use it all the time to talk about salvation. But I want you to see how this all starts. How does it initiate For God so loved the world. When you look at the structure of this sentence, what it's saying is all of this stuff takes place and it's all because God so loved the world. That's where it starts. It starts in the heart of God. God has given us a very precious gift that started and really ends with his love for us. Now, no matter where you're at in life right now, no matter what your situation, no matter what uh, uh, your circumstance, God is reaching out to us saying, I love you. I love you. I don't care how close you are to me. I don't care how far you are from me. I love you. And I love you so much that I want to give you a very special gift. We also see that Jesus purchased the gift. Jesus purchased the gift. Now for all of us, when we give a gift, we're going to have to go first and purchase it. Now whether we go out and buy it or whether we purchase it with our time and our effort and our energy, something is going to have to be put down in order to get that gift so that we can give it to somebody else. I've never yet received a gift with a bill attached to it. Have you? Here's the gift and here's the bill. So if you want to keep it, you've got to pay for it. No, it's already paid for. Somebody else pays for it and they hand it to us. They give it to us. And so we see here that Jesus purchased the gift. Look what it says in Philippians chapter 2. It says, have this in mind among yourselves, which is, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Now, when somebody asks me the question, who killed Jesus? Um, they, they usually think I'm going to answer, oh, the Jews killed Jesus, or the Romans killed Jesus, or this group of people killed Jesus, or the Pharisees killed Jesus. Now, I have a tendency to want to answer them, I killed Jesus. I think that's how you should answer, too. I killed Jesus. Don't say your pastor killed Jesus. Say, I, you know, <laughs> I killed Jesus, okay? Uh, I killed Jesus. But in reality, folks, nobody killed him. He gave his life. Nobody took it from him. Nobody said, Jesus, there's your life. We're going to take it from you. Not even our sin was strong enough to take it from him. He gladly laid it down. He gladly bought our sin with his blood and with his body. He purchased it. It's like you and I walking into a store and saying, here's my hard-earned money, I'm going to give it up in order to take this with me. And Jesus basically walked up to the counter and said, here's my body, here's my blood, I want to take these people's souls with me. He purchased it. Look what it says in 1 Peter. It says, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. I love this verse. I love this passage. It talks about being ransomed. And as soon as I see that word, I think about all the movies I've seen where uh, some kid gets kidnapped, you know, and the, the father or somebody, you know, decides to take matters into their own hand and they're going to blow everybody up and shoot everybody and get their kid back no matter what, you know, and at the end you cheer because they got them back. You know, I, I think of all those movies. But, but what, what's happening here, though, is, is it's, it's saying, folks, you are kidnapped. Did you realize that you've been kidnapped in your lifetime? If somebody asks you what's the worst possible thing that's ever happened to you, you could say, oh, I was kidnapped. Did you know that? What? How are you kidnapped? I was kidnapped by my sin. My sin kidnapped me. It held me in bondage. It took over my life. It, it did something in me I couldn't do anything about. I couldn't get out of it. I can't do anything to get out of my own sinfulness. My sin took me prisoner, took me captive. But Jesus came and paid the ransom. You see, Jesus does negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> he came and said, listen, for their souls, those who are in, in bondage to sin, I will buy, I will pay the ransom, I will buy them back. And so Jesus did that with his body and his blood. He bought us. Man, that, I mean, when you think about, I don't know how much uh, somebody's going to spend on you this Christmas. I don't know what the biggest, baddest, coolest gift you're going to get is. And I don't know how big a price tag it has on it. But folks, it's not anywhere close to the price Jesus paid for you and I. He paid it all. He paid it all with his body and his blood, his life. So God gives us this precious gift. Jesus bought it with his life, his body, and his blood. And the gift is salvation. 
The gift is the opportunity to be free from that captivity of sin. 1 John 5, 10, 11 says this. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his Son. Folks, there is only one source of spiritual salvation and that is God's Son, Jesus Christ. There is no other religion. There is no other quasi-denomination. There is no other uh, way in the, on the planet that we can be reconciled to God but by His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one that bought us back. Nobody else has bought us back. Nobody else has ransomed us. God has given us eternal life. And by the way, when it says he has given us eternal life, that's past tense. It's already started. Don't ever think, hey, when I die, I'll be able to start my eternal life. No, it's already started. If you have given your life to Christ, if you have accepted this gift of God's sacrifice, that's the moment your eternal life started. In fact, uh, look what the scriptures say here. In John 10, Jesus says this. He says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Listen, folks, we didn't do anything to get saved, and we can't do anything to get unsaved. We are saved by uh, God's uh, grace and mercy and love for us, and nothing uh, can put a stop to that. Jesus is the one that says, look, once I get them, guys, nobody's going to get them out of my hand. Nobody. Salvation has already started. For those of us who've put our faith and trust in Jesus, our eternal life has already begun. There will come a time where we will close our eyes and we will uh, uh, say goodbye to this world and wake up in the next, but it will be just like a, 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 you know, a, a flash of light, it'll be a second of time, it'll be less than a second, a millisecond, that we will pass from this life to the next. Because our eternal life has already started. We're living it. But this is what God has given us. By God's love, initiated by God's love, bought by Jesus Christ himself, with his body and his blood, the gift is salvation, the ability to be forgiven of our sins. And, and folks, it's really simple but profound. The reality is that all of us are sinners. We all deserve to be separated from God for all of eternity. But because God loved us, because Jesus bought us with his body and his blood, he's given us the opportunity by faith to receive that payment, to receive that gift, and by the way, do you, you know, my kids don't do anything. My grandchildren, listen, they're just cute, okay? They don't have to do anything uh, uh, to earn or to, to, to uh, make payment for their Christmas gifts. I'm just going to get it for them. By the way, they can be real snots the last three times they're at my house, and they're still going to get them, okay? Because I just love them. Listen, 
Uh, this is not something you earn from God. It's something he freely gives because he loves us. Now, let's talk about how we respond to that. I thought it was important before we talk about accepting it. It's important to understand what it is we're talking about. And so by faith, we just put our faith and trust in what Jesus has done for us. It's like a gift. I don't do anything to earn it. I just take it. I just receive it. But I need four volunteers to come right up here. Stand right up here with me. Four adult volunteers. Four adult volunteers right up here. Right up here. Come on. There's one, two. Everybody counts to four, right? One, two, three, four. Just line up right here. Shanna, right? Nice to meet you, Shanna. Okay, so I'm going to have you guys do a little acting for me. I didn't want to tell you before you got up here, okay? Uh, so let's just talk about four very typical ways that people respond uh, to God's gift, all right? And, and, and Shanna here is going to be the first way, and that's rejecting. So I want you to stand here, Shanna, and just, just you know, turn your nose up at God's gift and keep your arms folded like a perfect, Okay? Uh, your Oscar's on the way. All right, so Shanna's gonna, she's here rejecting it. Now, folks, what we have a tendency to think is everything besides rejecting is okay. But think about that as we continue. Come here. You're gonna, you're gonna ignore. So I want you to come over here. Come on right over here. And I want you to just, I want you to look everywhere in the room except the gift. You know it's there. You know it's there, but don't look at it. Whatever you, no, don't, don't look at it. Everything else. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Don't look at it. Okay. So, so you're rejecting. You're ignoring. Come on over here. You're procrastinating. Okay. So you're considering, you're considering it. You're considering it. But I want you to look at your watch and look at the gift. Look at your watch and look at the gift. Look at your watch and look at the gift. Or your phone. Yeah. Sorry. Nobody wears watches anymore. Okay. You're thinking about it, but it's just not that interesting yet. Okay. And then, Bryn, you come on over here. And you're going to stand right here behind it, and I want you to pick it up and hold it. I guess wandering is another way to reject, I don't know. Okay. All right. So we've got rejecting. Listen, focus with me, okay? Focus with me. We've got people that reject it, people that ignore it, people that procrastinate, and then people that accept it. People that say, I'm going to receive what God has got me. God has loved me enough to give me this, and Jesus has paid for it. Jesus has paid for it with his body and his blood, all right? We have a tendency to think that, that everybody but, but the rejecter is okay. But listen, those who are ignoring God's gift, those who are procrastinating, thinking about getting God's gift but not doing it, they're as far away as the rejecter. Okay, thank you all. Appreciate it. You can just lay that right back down there, please. No, no, take it right there. Thank you, sir. Now, now, folks, I, I thank you very much for your help. I appreciate it. I, 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 there, are, there are people in this room, folks, and I know some of you. There are people in this room that are still rejecting God's gift. There are people in this room or who are listening over the Internet who are still ignoring God's gift. There are people that are, are friendly with Jesus. They think he's a good guy, but they're still procrastinating. They're still putting off accepting God's gift. I want to encourage you today, don't do that. Don't do that. Listen, I, I know we have a tendency to think we've got all the time in the world. 
But folks, we don't. Don't put off. Don't say, when I get old, I'll accept this gift. Uh, uh, When things slow down, I'll accept this gift. When I get my act right, I'll accept this gift. When I work out things with my wife or my husband, I'll accept this gift. Folks, don't do that. He wants to help you do all those things. Now, I got a message from my daughter last night, Mandra, at 10, 11 p.m. And and it's right here, so you you can see it. I mean, I'm not making this up. Here's what she texted me. She said, a dear friend of mine's mother unexpectedly passed away last night. She got out of the shower and collapsed. They started CPR immediately, but they could not revive her. She was very close to her mom. She is my age. My heart is breaking for her. I just want you to know that I love you a ton, and you're an amazing part of my life. I I know tomorrow is never promised. and wanted to make sure you know today how much I love you. She sent that to Julie and I last night. Now, folks, there is no guarantee about tomorrow. Here's a woman that's my age. I don't think I'm that old yet. Okay? A, A woman my age just gets out of the shower and drops dead. Folks, there is no guarantee. I don't want you to put off accepting this gift. If you're here today and you have stood by, you have either rejected or ignored or procrastinated, I want you to put that away today and just say, it's time. It's time for me to accept. And just accept what God has done for you, what Jesus has bought for you, which is eternal life. Accept it today. And by the way, you can do that very simply. Just by by saying, God, I know that I'm a sinner. God, I know that I can't do anything to undo my sin. By faith, I accept what you did on the cross to pay for my sins. And I give you my life. I receive your gift and I give you my life in exchange. And that is the moment, if you mean that, that is the moment you pass from death to life and your eternal life begins. So the best way to respond to the gift is by accepting it. Now, for most of the people in this room who have already accepted this gift, let me speak to you for just a minute. Uh, Even though we've accepted the gift, many of us live our lives kind of like this. With the gift behind our backs, doing our own thing out here. Listen, God doesn't want us to live this way. God wants us to live this way. He he wants this gift to affect everywhere we go, everything we do, every relationship we have, uh, the the relationship with your husband or your wife or your children or your parents. He wants to restore every broken relationship that you have. He wants to to live in you and do uh, for your life. But you know what? He'll let us live this way if we want to. Oh, we can't get rid of the gift. We've got eternal life. But he'll let us just do our own thing out here. But listen, I want to, if you're doing that, I want you to just today go, you know what, I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm going to put the gift right here. And I'm going to follow it around. And I'm going to do whatever he says. I'm going to follow wherever he leads. I'm going to let the gospel of Jesus really control my life. Listen, the reason our lives are so messed up sometimes is not because uh, we've gotten rid of the gift. It's not because we've done that. But it's because we live like this. And we live our own lives. We do what we want. I want to encourage you. Just keep it in front of you. 
Keep it right out here, affecting every part of your life. And I guarantee you, your life will be changed. Your life will be different. Your life will be better. Oh, it won't be without problems. But you'll realize that he's in the midst of all of that. He's the one leading you through all of that, folks. As we talk over the next few weeks about how else we should respond to God's gift, I want you to think about the first thing we need to do is to accept it and keep it right out in front of us. Just accept it and keep it right out in front of us as we live our lives. Okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your incredible love. Father, it's, it's beyond our comprehension, really, how you could love people like us who are sinners, who have been so far from you, who have done nothing to love you. And even in those moments while we were yet sinners, you loved us enough to send your son to die for us. Father, thank you for the gift of your son, for his body and his blood that he willingly gave up so that we could inherit eternal life. Lord, thank you for this gift. Help us to not hold it behind our backs. Help us, help us to not uh, uh, just refuse to follow it. But God, help us to keep it right out in front of us. Right out in front of us so that we will follow you. So that the gospel, the truth about Jesus will change everything in our lives. Lord, I, we know we're not perfect. We know that we can't be perfect. But God, we can be a whole lot more perfect by following you. And so, God, help us to do that. Help us to have the strength and the desire to do that on a day-by-day basis. And, Father, if there's anybody in this room who has been uh, ignoring you or who has been rejecting you or who has been uh, procrastinating giving their life to you, Father, I pray that your spirit would just, uh, uh, just begin to really um, irritate them. God, I pray that they wouldn't be able to sleep at night because they're thinking about giving their lives to you. I I pray that it would be hard for them to to think on other things and focus at work and focus at home, that they're uh, constantly just bombarded with thoughts of you. Father, I pray that you would draw them to yourself, that you would just uh, just (laughs) draw them to you where they almost had no choice but just to give their lives to you. And Father, for those who are in this room contemplating that right now, I pray you would help them to have the courage, have the faith to just step forward, to step across the line of faith and give their lives to you so that this Christmas, next year, and the rest of their lives could be absolutely transformed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.